0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saints Radio. Uh, we gave you a little bit of, a, of a, uh, a bonus there at the beginning, knowing full well that some of you were listening. And um, today we're privileged to have noted author and uh, social economist, Mon- Monica Terrell, with us.
1: Social economist? And,
0: um, That's her, a new her, one. Her, 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 her counsel, her, her guide dog. Scarlet the prayer dog is with us to give us the viewpoint of the animal kingdom and of course uh, I'm blessed to be with you again and um, thank you for for joining us on this lovely day I don't even know what a social economist is I think there may not even be such a thing of course immediately people are clicking on their keyboards to look it up
1: Teresa tell us what a social economist is (laughs)
0: <laughs> it probably means something it's probably a word from god
1: yes i'm the one that actually asked what a primer was so it let it be known that i'm the, the one that did not know what that meant well, even though oh no no you didn't of course you didn't i'm just i'm just owning up to the fact that i wanted an explanation even though i know of course what primer is like that you put on before you put paint on a wall or I just didn't
0: I don't think you're the only I one who I was I was
1: trying to understand the context for which you were using the word but, but of course I asked like four weeks later because um, <laughs> it just came up well wow. but you know when I was young growing up in the household with my parents my mother um I think I've said this before. She was, she was somewhat of a grammar Nazi. Is that okay to say that Nazi?
0: I, th- I probably is. is. So? It's being okay. tossed about all over our nation right now.
1: Okay. So. Well, she she was, and she, she would not. If if I asked what a word meant, she would make me go. She literally would make me that moment go get the dictionary and look it up in the dictionary. She wouldn't just tell me what it meant, and so then we would talk about it. And I was not allowed to use bad grammar. If I if I used bad grammar, she would thump me on the head. Now, this was not <laughs> child abuse, even though it made me so mad. Because it hurt. And it was always like a surprise. No.
0: <laughs> what did you say when she did it? Was there a uh, common response?
1: It just would <laughs> make me... <laughs> yeah. So, when I was in the, the first grade, I had a teacher in elementary school. His His name was Mr. Bowden. And he, he was very handsome, and I was in the first grade, and I thought, because you just when when you're little like that, your teachers are not really like real people, mm-hmm. you know? They're your teachers, so teachers are supposed to look like teachers, and somehow I ended up with Mr. Bowden as a teacher, and he was funny and and um, charming and and tall and and anyway, so Mr. Bowden. My bubble burst with Mr. Bowden, the first time I smarted off to Mr. Bowden. And he comes over to my desk with a ruler, and he says, put your hands out. And I said, excuse me? And he said, put your hands out. So I put my hands out, like, face up, and he hit me on both hands with that ruler. And it stung like a mother. That's how he would discipline us in class. Yeah. He was not nearly as handsome after (laughs) that.
0: Wow, boy, you'd get in all kinds of trouble today, wouldn't you?
1: I actually was rarely in trouble when I was a kid, but I will say that my mother, she she would not tolerate me using bad grammar. And so I say all that to say today I'm so thankful for that because I've become quite my mother and um, I won't thump you in the head (laughs) or either one of my children, but um, I'm thankful that she taught me how to talk, how to speak. Wow. Yeah. So Isn't how in the world something? did we get there? Did we go there?
0: Well, you know, you, you learn grammar because of a mother that knew it and wouldn't tolerate you not knowing it. I learned grammar because of parents that didn't know it, and I was bar- embarrassed to no end. Oh, yeah. I guess uh, the, it, it accomplished its mission in both ways.
1: Yeah, I don't know where my mother. It must be have come through her parents because my father, my grandfather was very eloquent in his writing and in his his speech. And um, I was cleaning, as we've all been cleaning, I'm sure, cleaning out closets and cleaning out different things during this pandemic quarantine. Pandemonium. And I I came across a um, a big. publication that they had done about Dr. Peak, and um, and I opened it up and there was a picture of the convention center downtown and they had posted these posters it was East it's gonna be Easter Sunday and it says Easter Sunday like 10 a.m. Dr. Luther Peak sp- speaking on prophecy <laughs> and I thought that is so awesome that even wow. back in that day, because that was back, I guess, before I was born, that that prophecy was being spoken of and taught.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, that's
1: cool. so we've segued about four times here, and it's been my well, fault. So the, I'll let you the take chit-chat. it.
0: Chit chat. I mean, it's it's we've, we we got to do it. It's what bonds this program together and drives a lot of people away. So we have to we have to do a modicum of of chit chat just to set the stage. Amen. Amen. It's kind of like when Jesus said, "Does this offend you?"
1: <laughs> if it does, we're sorry.
0: Oh my goodness! We're going
1: to get into some spiritual discussion.
0: We are. We're, I was just thinking about trying to do that. You
1: know? <laughs> Take the ball, Pastor. Take the I, ball.
0: I've got to wait till uh, Scarlet finishes my manicure, and um, this is one of the this is one of the behind the scenes things that you know when Scarlett comes I let her lick my hands which is something that mommy doesn't let her do regularly and so it's almost like the kid visiting grandpa getting all the snacks that they're not allowed to have at home so but Scarlett was just finishing my right hand and said, no, no she's found a spot that she has not yet concluded and uh, so she, she must find me very tasty
1: well, you're the only one I think that lets her look
0: i know I know see so she she's getting it she's getting her she's getting it all out And you know it's funny though because cats when they do it their oh. tongues are kind of like sandpaper and um it's kinda of different but anyway that's t m i that's a behind the scenes look at this award winning broadcast. Oh, my. Well, we we pray that everybody in uh, all the outposts of the saints is doing well and that the blood of Jesus is readily upon you and is keeping you healthy, safe, protected, blessed, and that the presence of the Lord is just amazingly um, upon you. And I will, I will say this, um, you know, I, I've noticed, you know, recently, a few weeks ago, we talked about how that part of our prayer uh, as we anticipate the kingdom coming is that agripneo and um, that means to stay awake and to, to pray. And I mean, there have been times over the years where regularly God has awakened us in prayer and there have been times where, you know, almost like clock at clockwork at two thirty. I mean, that was one of the times early on that over and over again I'd just wake up with a start and I'd think, why am I praying at this time? But this past number of weeks, my goodness, like last night, from three o'clock on, I was in desperate intercession, mm-hmm. and I don't have any clue what it was about, and. You know, um, and, I, and I think that that is a significant thing when, according to the scripture, whenever that happens, you must be on the doorstep of a significant transitional moment in the kingdom or in anticipation of something that is coming. So, um, I, you know, I go through all the interpretive process trying to think okay what was I sensing did I get any insight was there and whatever this is must be so close to the heart of God that he's not it's like you go and you wait but when Pentecost comes it's going to be something none of you are expecting mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what's what's in front of us and, um, and there certainly is enough chaos in society and around the world right now Um, you know I I spoke with Pastor Luciano last week was privileged to do so and I mentioned this on Sunday but thanks be to God in that hot spot of the COVID outbreak from what he knows nobody in his church or nobody in the churches that are aligned with the saints who've been declaring the blood nobody has gotten ill. He was aware of pastors in, in the city who had become ill. And we, we we hate that. We believe for the Lord to deliver. But um, so I, I give that testimony. And I'm thankful that in our church, you know, there are some people who've dealt with issues and God's delivering us out of them all, but as far as COVID is concerned, that hasn't hit any of us, and we're very, very thankful to the Lord for that. i um, grateful to see that God has brought you through many harrowing situations and difficulties, and you are here today free and whole and strong and looking forward to what the fruit of that is is going to be
1: amen thank you i am very thankful to the lord and i you know we we really started this season in so many ways with you speaking about the blood and you know Applying the door, the door, the blood over our doorposts and, and, and just knowing that he will protect us. And that has been such a, um, just a really powerful principle in my life in so many different ways. I mean, even with um, what's going on, I want to go back to this social economics thing, but before, before we get into this other discussion, but I mean, even with what's going on just here in our city, and I know in so many of the cities that the saints are living in with the riots and the the just the unrest that's going on, um, whenever my flesh um, starts to entertain anything that might bring fear almost instantaneously. I think about the blood and I find I find refuge in that um, like last night I was chatting with Annette actually both Annette and Haley and we were talking about just what's going on and Annette is has been she's always been just a wonderful resource for what's happening so
0: let weather wise before you continue there I'm, I'm just gonna say that before you talk to Annette, you have to declare the blood over yourself. <laughs> no,
1: I am not saying okay, that. Okay, just want to clarify, <laughs> Pastor. And that Annette, just he's just teasing I'm you. Just playing. He you teases know, you because he loves you. Knows.
0: I'm not going to do it.
1: <laughs> anyway, so she, we were, we were talking about um, just a potential like um, protest that was going to be happening close to our home, and um, and it, it's just, it's almost just like instinct for me now. It's just. To remember the blood, not only over my body, physically, health, and all of that, but over our homes, over our churches, over every part of our this body. Mm -hmm. And um, so, just remember that. I mean, that was to me one of the most powerful, prophetic application or words and applications that that I am living ever. So thank you for that and um yeah so
0: well i'm grateful to the lord because i've relied on that too every day i declare the blood of jesus over
1: Mm.
0: the, the entire parameter of what i your existence yeah
1: and and your fold yeah i mean just from the covid and from everything that we have lived over the last season and then, you know, I think every one of us has battled things personally, physically, whatever. And it has really been the remedy. I, and just, it really has been the remedy. You
0: know, when so. you said that, I, I remembered something from when I was a little boy. Um, at, at, during my earliest years, we attended a, an Assembly of God church, the only Pentecostal church, in, as far as we knew, in most of Southwest PA. And it was downtown Pittsburgh. And um, almost every service, a, a lot of services, I can remember demon possessed people walking into the church, and the, the pastor would have to to command the spirits to come out. And one of the things that I remember over and over again was our pastor at that time would always declare the blood of Jesus over that person. And when they would, when he would do that. I could I could still hear these demons yelling out through these people we hate the blood we hate the blood whether it was a man or woman these people didn't know each other they'd come in and they'd be demonized I remember one one time a, a lady came in during a service and walked up the aisle and she said my husband is is demonized and he's out in the car could could you send somebody out to cast the demon out of him and so, but, but the thing that I remember, you were talking about the blood and why I thought of this, because, you know, I, I haven't thought of this even all the times we've talked about it recently, is I still remember sitting as a little boy, and we sat up either where you and your kids and Les used to sit on that front row. You still do, but I remember your kids being there. Back
1: when we had church. <laughs> or,
0: or, or we'd sit kind of two or three rows from the front in the, in the front, and I was just a little boy maybe 5 or 4 i can remember. And seeing these demon possessed people it was just normal for us. So people that go out chasing deliverance ministries always kind of perplex me because in the real scope of things you don't have to go chasing them. You don't you don't have to smoke them out. They will manifest. But over and over again i'd hear this we hate the blood. These demons, not, these people didn't know each other, so it wasn't like, hey, go when you go in there, say this. They would say, we hate the blood. We hate the blood. They would never say Jesus. Well, they would say, we hate his blood or we hate the blood. And so there's power beyond what we even realize in the spirit realm. Um,
1: I think that one of the things that has really been so beautiful, I guess just for me in this season in that regard is that every night, and I know I've told you this, I've been taking communion since the seminar and um and so every night i I sit before the Lord and and I probe him for the application of his blood either in scripture or you know something that I've been taught so every night is 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 really an opportunity for him to creatively touch me teach me um, encourage me protect you know whatever with a different dimension of the representation of his blood and it's endless because it it happened at the cross and I mean that, I mean, that's like the apex of our launch point of who we are and what God's called us to do in partnering with him. and it it touches every aspect of who we are as sons. and 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 so I you know, I want to encourage you, take communion. I mean, don't just wait once a month when your church is doing it. Go before the Lord and and step into that point of communion with His broken body and His blood and let him creatively minister to you that and it i mean it has been so much so that i would love to like just start a series you know where twice a month twice a week once a week once a day whatever we gather and we we talk about it for a season and I'm not saying I'm gonna do that. Oh, that Be-
0: sounds like a good no, thing. That's but a I'm prophetic not, word.
1: No, but I'm not saying. I mean, that just came out. I that's first thought I, I mean, it's the first time I've ever thought of it. I'm just telling you that I'm just encouraging you to do that. And just to let the Lord minister the power of that point of communion in your life personally and for us as the body because it's um it, it should be I, I just am finding that every measure of of resolve and healing and it happens at the table and, and we are called to be at the table together and it's just so powerful and um, so and you know I have to say I mean I, I have to credit the French people Luke and Sylvie and, and, and Julia and um, Ian and Isabel and Miriam and Franck and I, you know I could go on and on I, and it, forgive me if somebody's listening and I didn't mention your name but the way that when God first called us into the nations and we we first went into France and we began to learn of their culture and of the fellowship that they shared at the table and for us as Americans you know, we're more of a fast-food people I don't eat fast food, but you know what? It's the principle I'm yeah. saying. I mean, or more of us stand at the at the island in the kitchen and eat. I mean, I think there was probably ten years of my life I didn't sit down and eat when my kids were little. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. But to learn of the culture of that, of of that fellowship, but to take that before the Lord, just you and Him, or you and your family, um, it, it's it's just really it's something that's very. Um, prolific in the heart of god and so um yeah i
0: think you've hit upon something there i think maybe um maybe i need to do and we can have discussions like this Mm -hmm. but maybe i need to start doing since we're relying on the blood so mightily during this season um do kind of a couple times a week little small things about the blood and different parts of the scripture
1: yeah and the body too I mean the body yeah it's
0: one of the things I was going to talk about in that valley thing Mm. and I recognized that it was a much larger teaching and I wasn't going to be able to really talk about it was when Jesus comes back and he stands on Mount of Olives and they talk about the Valley of Jehoshaphat, which most people think was the Kidron Valley, and how that splits in half and, and it provides a way of escape. And Zechariah talks about this too. And it really is something we need to be looking at for the future because it's, it's gonna happen, but why is it gonna happen? I think it's gonna be a culmination of something that we apply uh, as people because, you know, that's how Jesus is going to be coming. It's, it's in the timing of the Father, but the voice of one crying in the wilderness is preparing his way, so there's going to be ways that we depict this. But the point of it is, is that standing there on the Mount of Olives, that's where he shed his first blood mm-hmm. as an intercessor. And um, the, the miraculous things that God does then to deliver the people at that time it's a really interesting study to look at it and to, to, to read the Old Testament. Hosea and Zechariah speak about it, and they talk about these things. But again, to, the thing that to me is most significant is, is that was where he prayed, and that's where he shed those great drops of blood
1: mm-hmm.
0: as an intercessor. And, and I think that where I'm going with this, I think that the focus on the blood is not just because we need it so desperately— but the operative nature of it for the end time is something that those passages represent, and it's something that's coming, but it's going to be built upon us as his saints preparing the way for it, yeah, so and you know, it's interesting that he didn't s- plant his feet on Golgotha
1: that's right, and which what was what we would expect,
0: yeah but you know that work was finished Yeah. the intercessory work will never end Mm-mm. and so but the blood uh, it's, it's interesting we, have to, we need to have some times and we've talked about this over and over again where just as saints we had a, a closed setting where we can discuss things in a deeper way because everything we do right now is just out in front of everybody mm-hmm. and that's fine we chose to do that but I think the times Scarlett will lick my Scarlett will finish licking my hands and then she looks up at my face and she just smiles at me
1: you know I think about <laughs> I, I, I think you know when you, when, you, when you say that closed settings to me that's an intimate setting to me that's like the table and and I think about when Jesus came out of the tomb, and he met those two men on the the road to Emmaus. And 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 didn't he feast with them? They invited him to come in.
0: He sat down when he started to break the bread, and
1: it opened up
0: their eyes. Were their opened. eyes
1: to Scripture. Yeah, and I think that that is in that intimate setting. You know, uh, that's focused on that point of communion and um, the bread and the blood. I think that there is there's a dynamic to that that will open up. uh, You know, whenever I read that, I think, "Oh Lord," of course they didn't know who he was, which just kind of blows me away. But at the same time, there was a reason for that, and there was a reason why the scripture says, "And when he began to minister the bread, it opened up their understanding." that is to me that is phenomenal and then their hearts burned within them or you know they Mm recognize did not our hearts burn within us and so there's just something very um just prolific to me about that that setting And and that
0: whole business of what we've studied about the breaking of the bread what all it represents you know you being the body of christ the nature of what the bread is with no leaven uh the breaking which is the your your covenant inheritance inheritance and what you're assigned to and I think that's a that's a good word for today I mean if you if you are not functioning in what God has truly assigned you to do um, the Lord wants to open that so that he can open your eyes to who he really is and what he's really doing now otherwise you're not going to see him or recognize him So you can be blown about by every wind of doctrine. You can be, you know, what's the crisis for next week? I mean, we've had so far this year, our nation and really the world, but particularly our nation, has had one thing after another that's just got everybody up in an uproar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the people of God need to not be ignorant, but to focus on what he's saying from our responsibility as a saint as a son before the throne of God because only then will you really see who Jesus is and only then even though he's risen will you recognize him and when you hear him bless that you as the body and the bread as being the word that comes from the father all of those things your responsibility your calling your sonship the father commune with him and, and more the purity of your life not from yesterday not the leaven of yesterday when when that is all in its proper place you'll see him you'll recognize him and you know you can have a visitation of the spirit and not see him I remember there was this old guy you may have heard him I don't know if your parents listened to these radio preachers this guy had this broadcast I think it was natural, national and he would He would start it with that song. Did not our hearts burn within us. Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. I know that song. As he walked with us by the way. You can even be walking beside him and your heart can be burning and you can feel all of the things. But you won't really recognize him. You won't really see who he really is today until you have that kind of an encounter represented in in the bread. So,
1: now who, who were those two guys? And I know that it doesn't say who they are, but I've read different s- s- speculations. Of one of them was John, right? No,
0: I don't know. That may be. That may be uh, a far
1: speculation.
0: It could be a speculation because they never really identified, but they sure knew where the disciples were hiding out. Yeah, because they made a beeline for that, and. Um, um
1: I think that they don't well, you I, this is just me saying. I mean, sometimes when 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 it doesn't say I look at that is that applies to all of us. Yeah. And I I, I love how Jesus says to them, Come and let me show you where I abide And there there's there's just there's just a lot of um just powerful things just in that one little segment of scripture leading into the big moment where he goes to meet with his his disciples but
0: i remember there's a very dear brother that used to come here his name was claire Weekly, and he he was a good man he and gene they were sweet people and he really he was a dear friend to me in fact any of you who've been up in the conference room all of that furnishing that's up there was given to us by Claire Weekly, but anyway, he wanted me to go to this thing called the Road to Emmaus I don't know if you've heard of that uh-uh. I think it's something that happens in a number of places around the world but and you just kind of go and you just shut yourself off from everything and you just find a find the lord and I never really I never really had much interest in that and I, I think he kind of knew it. Not that I don't want to find the Lord, <laughs> but I didn't want to go to this. And um, but to me, that whole business about Emmaus, as you so prophetically pointed out, was about because he even was talking to them about the scripture. Their hearts were burning within them. He was talking to them about the scripture, but they didn't see any of it until they accepted that dynamic of the bread and what it really represented. Scarlet's into proscuneo now, so we must really be hitting on something. So, um I don't I didn't bring my phone up here. I used to know this off the top of my head, but maybe I can't remember what what does Emmaus mean? Can you look that up real quick?
1: It means a place in Palestine. Oh, just as I thought. It means warm baths.
0: Warm baths.
1: The village to which the two disciples were going when our Lord appeared to them on the way on the day of resurrection.
0: So they were going to a... A warm bath. To a spa or... A, um,
1: the the site of Emmaus remains brains. to be identified, yet to be identified.
0: So it was kind of a thermal spring.
1: It says warm... They
0: probably said, why would they go there? They probably said... Man, these have been rough days. I think we just need to get away for a little bit.
1: We yeah, Warm Springs.
0: Hang out.
1: And then it means mules. Mules. Or the root? No, no. I'm sorry. That is not the root. Uh, e y m. Maybe that is the root. It says compare. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. <laughs>
0: Oh boy! Well, that that opens it up too. They're on the road to Emmaus. They were really going for a for a kickback, probably. Um, not kickback. Not, that sounds like they're on the on the payroll. Um, so what's this mean for us? Why did the Lord lead us down this trail? I think that as you are partaking of communion, we need the blood, but we also need a really strong assessment of what God has. A reminder of what God has called us as saints to be. Um, anything else on that before we segue?
1: No, I have to tell on myself, though. Um, and, and, I, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but I am somewhat of a pure, not the fact that I'm a purist, but I am somewhat of a purist. And, and so when I take my communion every day, I use red wine, but only little just a little but it sometimes and so um i i've been abiding in my home while my two boys are out adventuring for a number of days and um i ran out of the blood on sunday and of course sunday it was just like there were riots everywhere i mean it was just total chaos in our city and And so I'm in this group family text, and they're all saying, you need to stay home and and blah, 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 blah. And there's a curfew and and whatnot. And I just become just distraught because I don't have any wine for my communion. (laughs) And so that whole afternoon, I just like wrestled with what, you know, do I actually go out and go to the grocery store just to get a bottle of wine? Because I don't think I've ever done that in my life. I know the French people would try just be just... None yes, I know. And so finally I just thought, you know what, the heck with it. The store was about to close because there was a curfew that was initiated. And, and so I thought, I, I, I've got to do this. So Did I, you
0: run up the alley?
1: No, I, I actually got in my car. I drove to Whole Foods. And I walked in and I got um, a bottle of, of wine. And I went to, to check out. And the checker who's just super nice um i said something about using my wine for communion and i said these are just some really strange days and the guy looked at me and said it's the apocalypse <laughs> that was his parting words to me really <laughs> yes yeah, so we're both standing there with our masks on and i've got my bottle of wine he to go wasn't home was
0: the guy was he
1: He's a hippie guy, yeah. Yeah, I know
0: him. Yeah. He's a good buddy.
1: Yeah, and so I just said, okay, see you on the other side. And I walked out and and drove home and got my corkscrew, opened that that bottle, and and partook of the communion. And so yesterday I was talking to Olivia, and I said, you're not going to believe what I did. I said, I ran out of wine, and I think it's the first time in my life that I actually made a special trip to the store to buy a bottle of wine. And she said, she was shocked. I can't believe I ever heard you say that. But anyway, so, wow, yeah, that's how important it is to me. And I could have used kombucha, or I think that's basically all that I have in my refrigerator, other than water. But no,
0: you need an emergency stash. Of well, grape juice. here
1: was my here was my conflict because somebody had brought over like on Thanksgiving one of those big bottles of wine, you know, the big fat bottles of wine, and that was sitting there unopened. And I thought I could open that one, but I wouldn't be able to drink it all by myself. And if I did drink it all, like in five or six days, I would worry about myself. So that was kind of a conflict that I had going on within me that I I didn't even want to know if I was going to drink that whole (laughs) bottle taking communion. So, yeah. And I do have a couple of very special stashes, like Bless in Switzerland gave me that bottle of wine that's it's the label on it says the plan of god yeah and i still have that one i almost opened that one but i just feel like that one needs to be shared and a couple that we got in bordeaux a couple of years ago when we went to the chateau but you know some 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 things are just meant to be shared and um yeah so anyway we can we can segue now that that was just chit chat chit-chat. Well, um,
0: just a couple of announcement kind of things. Um, We'll continue to do um, some of the same types of outreaches that we've been doing during these past couple of months. And, um, so maybe we'll start a vignette series on the blood. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe you could do a couple of them if you want to. It's up to you. I'm not. When it comes to that, I don't want to force you into some kind of a, you know, a word. Um, and, you know, we'll have Wednesday night live up early. We're, we're not having Wednesday night services yet and uh, so we'll keep having that posted earlier in the day for your convenience um, and um, but we just want you to know that we're, we're praying for you and um, we're believing that the Lord is really watching over you and you know I uh, we were talking before we came up here and I I referenced um, something that the, the pastor, I think his name was Robert Fisher, of that, that church uh, that's right by the White House. And He was given a testimony, basically, of how the burning uh, from the other night only touched the nursery and didn't come into the, any of the historic parts of the building, which is really a miracle. But he said... I feel like God has given us a space of grace and you know Tammy wrote about that early this morning she she said you know this pastor said this and and um, and I, I I do I do think that that was a prophetic word that God gave us last year and there is a space of grace and it's a little and it's it's something that god is going to use to bring the saints and this world into a into the place that he's ordained and whether it's the apocalypse or of course we are moving with the apocalypse we are moving according to the overall mystery of god and <laughs> we should say The apocalypse, brother, I've been walking in the apocalypse. I'm silly with it. Uh, But it is a space of grace, and I thought that was very interesting that that pastor at that place said that. And to lay claim to it, well, I guess we just need to remember as saints what God has prophesied to all of us, Mm. don't you think? Yeah. And not let that go. Because God hasn't scrapped plans just because our trips have been postponed and, you know, there are plague and there are very challenging race questions in our nation right now. God didn't change his plan. He's not revising anything. He intends to do what he said he's going to do. so, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, I made a statement on Sunday morning at the beginning of our message about what we as saints believe regarding the races in the, of this world. And, and I think just by our activities and by who we partner with and where we go, I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, we love our our saints family is of, of just about every color and um, you know people that we work side by side with our most trusted allies in this walk are African American people and um, you know I know that there are unreasonable things that happen still and there's a wickedness in mankind and you know it's an easy mark to be um, prejudice but and I think we all need to search our hearts just to make sure that there's not any of that wickedness in us but um, I'm very, I just want to say and I know you you say this as well that I'm very grateful for the privilege of being able to call um, my brothers and my sisters those who are Um, of African descent and who are full, fully American and, or or fully French or fully Brazilian or fully, uh, I don't think I met, well, yeah, there's, it's funny when you go to India because a lot of the Indian people that, you know, they did DNA tests and they figured that a lot of the Indian people are actually migrants from Africa. And so some of those pastors that I've ministered with over there are just you if you just looked at them, you'd think that they were the African people, but they're Indian people, so we as we as saints are one before the throne, and it's just heartbreaking to to see in our modern world that there are still those that don't believe that that equality from the heart
1: god is in all of this and i totally bear witness with that and agree with you pastor and i remember i believe it was at the seminar here in dallas i know speaking prophetically but also coming out through some of the teachings Um, just as we were focusing on wisdom and about how important it is for us to to allow the spirit to adjust our mindset to be spirit-led to be um, to be guided by the spirit of wisdom there, there was a focus on, on just the mindset and, and when I think about you know we talk about the wise virgins and the foolish virgins and we've talked about that word you know for, for wise and how it comes from the midriff section you know your spirit man and how you need to be alert and, and, and really led by um, that your spirit man that, that is how you need to be led through, through your whole existence you know through who you are as as god's creation and and so i i know that all of us have really surrendered our mindsets and surrendered just our humanistic kind of thinking over this year to align ourselves with god's wisdom and and how he would you know if you're going to take light into darkness you better not take your own mindset in because you'll get messed up you know you can't dwell you can't so so i think about that and then i think about this race issue and i think about how so much of it is is it, so much of it is really more of a mindset of culture and i i can say that just from my heritage you know from the south or from um the area that my heritage part of my heritage has come from how that culture has bled into our society and and while we have overcome so much i mean i was having conversation with one of our saints last night about this race issue and and i was really reflecting on where we were in the 50s you know and where and how far we've come and and yet it's it's an all it's it's a it's a it's a reset of a mindset a cultural mindset and i say all that to say that as god's people and we wish this for all mankind, that we would take on the mindset of, of the kingdom. That is the, that is the only answer, is to take on the mindset of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Father, by the Spirit, and take on that kingdom mindset where, yeah, we're going to be representations of our culture, but our mindset needs to be aligned with the throne. And and we we have got to, through all of this, our reactions and the voice that we lift up has got to come from a kingdom mindset because there's a lot of voices out there. There's a lot of Christian voices out there. I mean, it is just saturating the media. But what the remedy is, is the kingdom mindset. and And I love how the Lord... Let us into that because i do remember so strongly just months ago when we were gathered together and talking about um how we have to align ourselves with the throne that's the only way to walk in the wisdom of god yeah. and and we are be, being sent to darkness into darkness if we don't think we're living in darkness today guys turn on the news i mean it is everywhere and and <laughs> so yeah anyway that's that's my soapbox.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I think I think it's I agree with you. I mean it it's it's really not just making statements or adopting platitudes that Or
1: even quoting a scripture.
0: Yeah. It's it's one on one. I mean we were talking yesterday, not comparing notes, just just talking Sharing. about yesterday and the various ways that God brought you and God brought me into very sweet conversations with African American people just one on one and um, you know yesterday morning I had to go give blood and the, the lady that the nurse that was conveying that she was a a grandmother and so we talked about her her daughter had just given birth to a little baby and they lived in Atlanta and you know I said well you know I'm a pastor you know we just let's just agree and speak blessing over that little baby and your daughter and we were talking and she was probably my age she's an African American woman and so I, I said well let's just how about if you and I just agree that God is going to turn this unrest into something that that is going to be mighty for his kingdom and she just started weeping and um and I and she started talking then because she was a Christian and you know to me that is and then it went on I had two or three other encounters with wonderful people and you had encounters over the past couple of days and that's where it that's really where it is it's one-on-one it's showing the love of the Lord but you know you can get up all day and stand with people and make big statements but you know the most poignant times that I read in the Bible of Jesus impacting people were one-on-one and that's where we have to be uh, his voice yeah we need to stand in publicly and not betray but it, it it's amazing. Like I went to Whole Foods today, and there was a young girl who was in the checkout. She was, the hippie guy wasn't there. She was a young African American girl, and I'd never seen her before. But she uh, she said, "You know what?" She said, "I really feel you, you you're going to have a blessed day," and I said, "Well, I received that." And I bless you too. I said. I said, Are you a Christian? She said, Yes. And I said, Well, so I am. I am too. I said. That means we're brother and sister in Christ. And she just lit up. And we were talking about the weather. And we just there wasn't anybody else around because I get there as a senior adult. Are they still Early, doing that? I don't think they are. But it was just me and some older old dude was walking around the store. He was older than me. Everybody's older than me. But we were talking and, and, and I thought, this is really a gift. I'm not trying to stir this up. It's like the spirit of the Lord is making these connections. And that's that's really where it matters. Don't you agree?
1: I totally agree.
0: If you're hot, you can turn that mighty air conditioning on. <laughs> it's about on.
1: degrees in It's here. getting hotter.
0: It's all this, it's this fire of the spirit.
1: And it's probably 95 degrees outside here in Texas. Yeah. And we, we, I just want you to know that we're like the living sacrifice up here in this booth in the summertime.
0: Our incense. (laughs)
1: That's right. burning on the altar. So just know it's an offering. It's absolutely an offering because we don't want the noise of the AC to to hinder the quality of this incredible broadcast. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I don't want anything to interrupt this chit or that chat. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to turn my mic away from the. Now,
0: we turned the air conditioning on, so any of you who hear any audio distortion, no need to text and tell us.
1: Just blame it on me.
0: It's the air condition. Um.
1: Oh, I have to. I have to give the news. Say it. Say
0: it. Tell it, Luther.
1: About the social economist. Oh yes.
0: Well, I want to know what it is. Was I prophetic?
1: Because I heard from both Teresa and Annette. Thank you. Thank you. What could be better. Wonderful, ladies. Socioeconomics, also known as social economics, is a social science that studies how economic activity affects and is shaped by s- the social processes. Mm. In general, it analyzes how modern societies progress, stagnate, or regress because of their social. I'm sorry, their local or regional economy, or the global economy. Socialites are divided into three groups, social, cultural, and economic. It also refers to the ways that social and economic factors influence the environment. And then Annette says, it is a branch of economics that focuses on the relationship between social behavior and economics. I am not a social economist. Just for the record, if that was a prophetic word, then I better get to studying.
0: Maybe you're going to impact a social economist. Who knows?
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you for that.
0: Yeah, thank you for that clarification, everybody. Yeah. Uh, is We've got phone a friend. It's like the cash cab. You ever see that program? Uh-uh. Oh, man. It's on one of those wacky stations. This guy drives his cab in New York. It's one of those vans. And people get in and, in, and all of a sudden these lights go off in the car, and he says, you're in the cash cab. Oh. And so wherever they're going, he asks these questions, and if they answer right, they, can, they make money. But it's kind of like a phone a friend. I think it was on one other game show had phone a friend, that million-dollar pyramid or something like that. I don't know. Hmm. And they took, and I have a phone a friend, and you call somebody, and they, they give you an opinion on what the question's answer is. So we have our own version of phone a friend. It's very much appreciated. Well, we are about five minutes away from the broadcast being ended.
1: This weekend is first Saturday. So don't forget to, to pray in mm-hmm. accordance with first Saturday.
0: Yeah, and listen to Sunday's sermon if you haven't heard it, if you want a little more elaboration on what we're asking you to do. We're not in the fast of feasting month anymore.
1: No, but we need to continue that.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that that should be a lifestyle for us. And I know every year, during those months, the Lord breathes fresh insight into that. But I do think that it's something that He really expects for us is to ad- to ad- to adopt into into lifestyle. And then Vicky wrote and wanted to thank, say thank you for all of the. Facebook posts that have been on the site over the last cu- the course of the last number of months. Thank you to everybody who's participated in that and been willing to submit a devotion or a song or a
0: an exhortation.
1: An exhortation. Yeah, it's I love the diversity of it. Um, I have noticed over the last. I'd say week or so, there's been somewhat of a decline in the activity. but I've also learned not to gauge a whole lot in that. Mm. This is not a popularity contest, and I don't want but anybody to ever think that that's what it is. I think social media can become that, and you can yeah, So every single word has been from the heart of God and has been just a sincere offering, and we just are so thankful for for all of you that have been willing to do that and for those that will be doing it in the future it's not going to be done as regularly um but it we will still continue that
0: you know i speaking of vicki i i watched zach's exhortation and it was very innovative in the way he did it but there were some of his mannerisms even some of the way he said a thing that reminded me so much of Pastor Larry, and that just really blessed me. I thought, "Wow, I've never heard Zach teach before, but he—he's uh, that—that rowboat didn't fall far from the from the flying buttress." <laughs> You're not a rowboat, Zach. He's probably doling out dough right now in the drive-through of his bank. Doling out dough. Dough doler. So he, yeah, thank you Vicky. That's very sweet of you to to say that. And I am I'm very blessed by the the eclectic nature of our network and the 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 many different the many different ways that God uses his people. It just, it makes our fellowship, to me, so much more beautiful than it would have been without that. So you're saying we're not going to list everybody and then have people vote as to who was the best or the top ten. We're not going to do that. (laughs) There's no way in the world we would do that. But um, every one of them has been a bless. Which of your children do you love most? Oh, I love them all the same. Um, okay, so first Saturday, you should be getting the directive at some point And um, we will be looking forward to seeing you at the throne. Amen. So may God bless all of you. May God bless these United States of America and uh, help us in this time to arrive at what God is wanting. You know, something mighty must really be coming for the ways that the enemy has tried to disrupt the progression of this year. It's like what the Apostle Paul said. When weakness comes, I've learned to rejoice that the power of God may be manifest in me. Amen. Amen?
1: Yep.
0: All right. Well, I see Robin is cursor in hand, so it's time for us to get off. And I thought maybe we could end this broadcast by both of us singing a duet of Did Not Our Hearts Burn Within Us? As he walked with us, (laughs) by the way. So, Uh, all right. I
1: don't know the words, but I'll learn them for uh, next week.
0: (laughs) Okay. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. God bless you all, and we'll see you soon. Oh, that AC.